Well, live and learn. I just recorded another podcast about finishing uh, curation for the Pixels book. If you look wherever podcasts are served, you will see it. Um, boy, what a what a milestone! Whew. Anyway, I've been planning on doing this one uh, for all week, so I thought I would record two back to back. I've talked about it before. Um, Michael McClure's poem, uh, well, of uh, Indigo and Saffron by Michael McClure. This is an excerpt, and it uh, it's, uh, begins, Each bon mot has cost me a purse of gold. Erase the lines of the night from the couch of the day. Cool turquoise, crystal feather, wolf, proton, gyre. Scrolled fern, shadow, spore, breast, salt, moon, wheel of the galaxy turning in tumbleweed, faces of antelope staring from ice cream, watches ticking on the backs of turtles, tambourines tinkling in the apple trees, flames of creatures arising from the mouths of worms, bearded men pondering in dreams, bees and moths darting on the fields of purple asters. Odor of hummingbird mint crunched under boot heel. Maya, spirit, matter, river, creek. And then he just actually reads those same lines, writes those same lines in reverse order. But it always struck me, um, and to me, I, I related it to my own experience. He was saying that because he the truth he didn't get the purse of gold each bon mot has cost me a purse of gold that's how I read it he didn't buy into the system he didn't become an ad guy for example what I discovered this last week is he stole that line from Goethe and who was the you know the German philosopher and writer from, I don't know, was it the 17th century, the 18th century? I forget. I know that uh, Rudolf Steiner, whom I adore, uh, loves Goethe and has done a lot of talks about Goethe's uh, theory on color. And he was an amazing guy. Um, I'm not that well acquainted with his uh, work. But um, so I went and I was kind of shocked that, I mean, you know, Michael McClure lifted the line verbatim, which is perfectly okay. I mean, it happens all the time in art, you know. But I didn't realize it. I thought it, you know, came from Michael. And, uh, but I went to read what Goethe had to say, say about it. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, so here's what it says, because I got it totally wrong at least on Goethe's end. I don't know about Michael McClure's. It is part of the education of the poet that the eye is trained in multiple ways to grasp external objects. The concreteness of my poetry, said Goethe, is owed to the significant attention to and practice of the eye and the insights gained I valued highly. 
In his autobiographical conversations with Eckerman, Goethe is explicit about the material conditions that underpin the notion of a cultivated, educated individual. His economic situation, the inheritance from his father, his own income as a writer, and the salary and gifts from his work for the court were preconditions for the collections, books, and experiences that led to the wisdom he now possesses in his old age. Alluding to the material conditions that helped to create his personhood, Goethe clarifies, One has to grow old in order to survey all this and have enough money to pay for all these experiences. Every bone mole that I utter cost me a purse of gold. Excuse me, a purse full of gold. It is not enough that one has talent. There is more to becoming wise. One also has to live in expansive circumstances and have an opportunity to catch glimpses into the cards of those who hold them and on occasion play for win or loss oneself. And here's further from the... uh, from the writer, the other writer, writing this book. He sees as paramount that for for the formation of the subject access to significant material objects and the experiences associated with them. This genesis is enhanced when one has the opportunity to become an actor in history oneself because the participation has the ability to shape and alter conditions. The statement that things and practices produce effects again suggests the important role that these concrete and tangible objects and the power of experiences play for Goethe. As he reflects on the influences that created him, we note that he made explicit that he regarded his life as open to these ever-changing constellations. His perception of himself as permeable objects play a law uh, and open to change is supported by his ongoing desire to learn about which objects play a large role. For example, the things in his collections. Goethe is emphatic that matter matters in shaping his life and is convinced that the central role that objects play in his practices, in this case, his particular mode of creativity and its expression. So, I had it totally ass backwards, and now I feel like (laughs) I did it all wrong. You know who else talked about making a bunch of money when he was young? My my one of my few living heroes, Francis Malman, the chef. <laughs> Find him on Chef's Table in uh, in Netflix. Yeah, I've just been a hippie, believing all the peace, love, and understanding stuff my whole life. Oh uh, well, too late, <laughs> too late to change now. Anyway, I don't have much more to say about it. You know, I've lived my life the way I've lived it. And, uh, yeah. But this was that was kind of a revelation to hear Goethe's take on things. He needed the money to, so he could have experiences and things which would give him wisdom and knowledge. Interesting. Not, not just books and experiences. Oh, well. Anyway, I think you can, 
you know, gather quite a bit of information reading books, even if you're poor, and living a life pretty much to the fullest, you know. Because that's what I've done. Been riding the wild bubble for a long time. And I will continue to do so with you forever. <laughs>